we. Yeah, that, that, I even said that myself sometimes in the video. And I, like, when I say people, we are this, and sometimes I said, who's we? You mean you, Lord Master, damn it. So why don't you just say I? I don't think I ever said the word I before, but I often, you know, role-play in these games, so I sometimes refer um, role-playing as the character that I'm playing as. You know what I mean? No. But uh, no. but that's a thing that I can't do. I, I can't be someone else. Like, I can't pretend to be someone else. Like If I'm playing a video game, I can't lose myself in that character because I'm very aware that I'm controlling a character. So... When you're like, oh, you know, how does John Hurt make you feel? And it's like, I don't know, dude. How do, he's some schmo. I'm not the guy in the game. I'm a different dude. So you don't follow the suspense of disbelief idea? I cannot. It is impossible for me to in any shape or way or form. I have never lost myself in my entire life in watching a movie, a television show, or playing a game. Or reading a book. By the way, when should we do that literature podcast? <laughs> wow. Um like uh, any kind of literature, like anything from Ernest, God damn it, Ernest Hemingway to yeah, Star Ernest Wars. Hemingway. I'd much rather talk about Star Wars because I fucking hate Ernest Hemingway. He was such a, speaking of pretentious dillbags, that guy. Yeah, he went fishing with Che Guevara one time. Who gives a fuck? He wrote the most boring ass books of all time that I had to read in high school. Oh. Um, Great Gatsby was a more interesting book and nothing happened in that. Or even, um, Literature from other countries that is really significant to them, like Don Quixote. And okay, I was gonna say like not like Indian works because I've never read any of those. So maybe some I could talk what? for a couple of hours about La Morte Arthur. Yeah. Just whether or not anyone else would find that interesting. The Internet's worst literature podcast. Wow. Well, though they would make it sound like we're talking about the worst literature, which we're not doing. Oh no, <laughs> because. Who would want oh, oh, I could talk for several hundred hours about bad books I've read, too. Like the Necronomicon. That's not quite what I meant. I just meant poorly written, not oh. evil. Oh. This is the Internet's Worst Gaming Podcast. I'm Loki Jarson here once again joined with my in-real-life brother who refers to go by his middle name, Thomas, also known as Lord Master on YouTube. Hello. Hello. I am Lord Master, YouTuber, entertainer, and a occasional Indian film aficionado. Okay, thanks for your Wikipedia profile. Uh, the last time we did this was about two months ago, right? Yes. This was just... Before the big Texas freeze or after? I can't remember. Um, it was a day before the Texas freeze that was caused by a winter storm named Yuri. That's U-R-I. Okay, I don't know why we need to name storms like we name hurricanes. We don't name tornadoes. Um, because there's just thousands of them every year. Well, there are thousands of winter storms. Anyways, it fucking sucked down here. Uh, yeah. We live in the south. Not giving anything away here. We live in the south, south part of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's always hot. 
except during the storm it went down to like zero degrees or something ridiculous yes at one point during that wind chill and that was on uh on monday night or tuesday night one of those nights we had four straight days of no power yeah it wasn't um, just here it was the near basically 90 percent of the state without power yes but we also for two of those four horrible days had no water for other various reasons so it was a miserable fucking time um and perhaps worst of all during that time we didn't get to play any video games um well we did play old ass board games and we figured out how to you know play a little bit of gambling despite the lack of chips well i yeah oh you know what i forgot to mention this but i've learned how to play baccarat since huh. so we should play that it's like blackjack but stupider Anyways, that's over with. So, and, uh, yeah, one more thing. That's just now part of Texas state history, and we all live through it. Cool. I don't think it's notable that we were cold and uh, bored. But there you go. Yeah. So that's what's happened in the last few months, which is why we haven't recorded since. Uh, fun fact, the last two episodes were recorded on the exact same day. That's why the quality uh, the quality is reflected in that. Uh, also, during that storm, this is probably relevant, because you say we recorded it before it went out, and I hadn't yet published those episodes. Yeah. So, during the storm, obviously I lost power here in this room, so this laptop I'm talking to you on doesn't didn't have power. <laughs> it was so cold that my hard drive actually froze up. It locked up and wasn't able, it couldn't spin, and my computer couldn't turn on. So, I was very close to losing those last two episodes, so I damn well better have enjoyed them. <laughs> Person is listening. Today we're going to talk about some more stupid bullshit. Uh, what do you have on the docket, Thomas? Because you know I don't do any prep work. Well, last time when we had our own show together, um, that we talked mainly about the FMV games, um, at the most. Yeah, and how terrible they are. Oh, I got a few more of them, which, of course, some of which are a bit more notable than others. Go ahead. So first one, I mean, you mentioned that game before when we were talking about uh, Critical Path of the uh, the whole idea of the game of if I got to do this it, thing and that thing, you know. It, it is perhaps the most infamous, I don't want to say famous, the most infamous FMV game. Yeah, it's called Night Trap. You we, you mentioned it before. Mm -hmm. So where did, where did you discover or heard about it? I've known about this for a very, 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 very long time, all the way going back to the mid-90s. Uh, it starred, quote-unquote, one of the actresses from the Who's the Boss TV show, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dana Plato, or Plato, how do you say her name? Uh, who cares? Um, but the point being that instead of, you know, at the time, 16-bit graphics, Sega, I think, yeah. decided to use full-motion video, which is to film real live actors prancing around a house, singing terrible songs, and acting like general ponces for 30 minutes because it's this the other thing about night trap it's an incredibly short game I, I i i seriously think it's like 40 minutes if that and several scenes play throughout this house that you're watching you're some sort of weird voyeur cop allegedly and you switch back and forth between the scenes it's like okay we're in the bathroom for this scene to watch this girl in a towel and it's very creepy and then we switch over to the living room oh no there is a guy in a trash bag suit and he's creeping up on a girl and she's too stupid to turn around but okay, I pressed this button. Oh, he fell in the hole in the floor and a bunch of smoke came out. Hey, success. Next room. And you did that over and over for 40 minutes. Uh, it's trash. And I, I'm so not looking forward to this. So go ahead. 
Oh, also, uh, regarding that actress, uh, Dana Plale, she was better known as uh, Kimberly Drummond on the NBC-ABC sitcom Different Strokes. You ever heard of that one? It doesn't matter. It, it literally does not matter what she was on. She was not famous enough to headline a thing, and she her career took, took a literal nosedive because she got super addicted to drugs after this thing. Yeah, it's fucking depressing. Um, it, yeah, you know, so let's not dwell on it. And and you mentioned about the, um, it says some sort of cop or whatever that looks the world, a security camera. I know what it actually is, but I, I want you to say it because you did the research for this. And also from what footage that I've seen from other people played it, and including there was this one video on YouTube where it kind of made it almost like a movie cut, you know, that transitions very, very well. Well, yeah, because you only actually see two-thirds of the screen. The other third is cut off by this interface that you switch back and forth between. It's like, press button to go to garage, press button to go to bedroom, press button to go to other bedroom. So, so yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and did you know that the name of the, of those guys, the, the organization that's called the Special, Special Control Attack Team, SCAT, that's what it stands for. I didn't mute myself, but I wanted you to hear the dead silence of me not laughing. So, it kind of reminds me of, um, I know this is slightly off topic, but you know how there's groups or factions with funny acronyms? Well, most notably, the Union of People You Ought to Respect, Son, or Up Yours. Yeah, but those are always, they come up with the word first, then go backwards, they're called backronyms. They come up with a dumb word, and they're like, okay, this, this dumb word actually stands for blah, 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 da, da, ha, ah, doesn't that make sense? No, it doesn't. They wanted to make a poop joke, and so they did. Yeah, somebody's having too much fun on their way of writing. Well, that's great, because no one playing the game had any fun. And it also, it took a long time for them to develop, or when to put it out. Like, what I mean is, um... You know, all this uh, video footage there, it was recorded back in 1987, and the game came out in October 15th of 1992. And I mentioned in the previous broadcast of how the early 90s still like the 1980s, so it doesn't look all out of place. It's bad. I, I can't, believe it or not, a couple years ago, I think like four, maybe three years ago, they released the HD quote-unquote version of this. You can get it on PS4 and stuff, and I have no fucking idea why. Uh, like the kitschiness is, is long past of this. Oh, look, it's so bad, it's good crap, which you know I despise. And so it's like, there, there's no redeeming factor in this thing. And it ushered in perhaps some of the stupidest discussion about what video games are in history that we still suffer today. And, and you say it's on a PS4. Is it on the store somewhere for me? Like, will you ever glance through I don't know. I, I, I think Limited Run had discs of it. Like, you could buy actual Blu-ray copies of the game for an exorbitant price, way more than the zero dollars it's worth. And, um, what else? Um, and again, the plot and the whole setting is basically kind of like a, a teen horror B-movie of sorts. It's, it's unbearably stupid, and it's why I, I, I don't have anything positive to say about this. I have nothing positive to say. It is unbearably stupid, because Oh, we've got some intel that there are these like trash bag vampires that are going to kidnap these girls. But instead of doing anything about it, we're going to have you, the schmo who isn't actually in the game, press buttons to trap them in this trap house. Yeah, despite the fact that they put an undercover agent over there. 
Yeah, who didn't do dick. <laughs> who you can also trap at the end of the game for comedy ha-has. Astonishingly, I can't remember... Uh, years later on the PS2, a game called Deception by Tecmo had basically the same premise. You were a minion of the devil uh, captured in, <laughs> in a house, and your job was basically to capture other people in the house as sacrifices to the devil. Hmm. Um, it was very crude for the for the early... It actually may have been a PS1 game, too. Um, but there have been like five sequels and a couple of spinoffs to it. And the premise is that it's actually a JRPG, so the more people you trap in the house using very silly methods, uh, you know, you gain XP and level up and can use more exorbitant traps throughout the series and that sort of shit. So it's not that the idea is so objectionable, it's that the execution is so piss poor. And plus found out uh, recently that apparently it's like, yeah, the concept of the game is actually older than Night Trap, so it's been around since the 80s. Uh, FMV games in general started in the 1980s. Yeah, but they never made any money and weren't worth a damn. Can we move on to the reason it's, po it's famous? The real reason? Um, yeah, there were some scenes that are just rather, you know, at least in the mindset of some people that thought it was, it's like, oh my gosh, what is this shit? Uh, you know, as in like the violence description of it, even though it's kind of different in today's standards from our modernized. If you look at this garbage in today, in 2021 here, this would be totally fine at like 2 p.m. on the Disney Channel. There's not a single objectionable thing. There's one girl in a towel, I think. It's been many years since I've seen the actual footage. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's no blood. Nobody's heads are getting cut off. It's just guys in all black ski masks falling down holes and smoke comes out. Mm -hmm. I don't know where some damn conservative network in the early 90s got upset about this. Because it's like, well, we've fought this stigma for 40 years. Man, whatever. That video games are for children. And it's like, oh man, they're showing children this? This filth? Uh, and and this was around the same time as uh, Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat, I think. Uh, the arcade fighting yeah. game that also came out yes. the same year, '92. Man, '92 in, in video games. Which was also not marketed to children, by the way, is a very important distinction. Yes, the 1993 congressional hearings on video games that happened on December 9th of '93. So a year after those two games we mentioned came out. That's how Congress works, Thomas. Yeah. Again, you say it was conservatives, actually. You know who was the head of these hearings at that time? I'm just going to guess. I'm going to guess. Joe Lieberman. Yes, Joe Lieberman. But do you know who was the other guy? Uh, no, I, I don't know. Um, Herb Cole. Who the fuck is Herb Cole? Um, K-O-H-L. Never heard of him. Businessman. Joe Lieberman. I think he's dead, right, Joe Lieberman? Uh, I think he's still alive. Um. That's unfortunate. He is one of the enemies of all time in video games. Not just for this creation of the ESRB, but for the years later, him and bitch-ass Hillary Clinton went all in on that hot coffee mod, which was not actual content in GTA San Andreas, which led to more horse shit in video games. It's like, oh, they're marketing it towards children. They're fucking not. This stupid game and Mortal Kombat created the Entertainment Software Ratings Board, where a literal panel of five or six adults sit in a room look at footage from a video game and judge based on a series of criteria what can of what is in that game which the developers may or may not show some stuff what to label the game we used to only have a few labels we had e t and m since then we've expanded to what e10 i think 
and the AO, which doesn't really exist except for some few specialty titles, which are basically just porn games that you only find on the PC anyways. Yeah. I, I lament I lament about this because here in 2021, we're still fighting this idiot thing. The censorship? All these years later. Yes, all these years later, we're still blaming video games for violent acts of, of young people. We're still saying that video games corrupt little kids. It's like, you fucking parents don't do any research at all. There's a big M or a big T on your stupid thing. I have two video games right in front of me here. One of them is rated M and one is rated T. The T, animated blood and violence. Okay. Now, if I'm 12 years old, I'm not going to be allowed to play this. I wasn't in my household when I was growing up. This M game, blood and gore, intense violence, strong language, suggestive themes. So you cut someone's head off and someone says the word fuck. Obviously, you don't want a little kid to see that sort of thing. So don't let him fucking play it. This is why I, I like I detest Night Trap for creating the stupid thing. What they've done is create a governmental board that lets parents not think for themselves. Yeah, that's unenforceable. It's totally enforceable by the individuals who buy the games. You know, has gaming become more adult in the last 30 years? Yes, certainly. But you still, if <laughs> look at Fortnite, for God's sake. Fortnite is the most popular thing with people under the age of 18, right? Yes. There's no objectionable content in that, but the point of the game is to kill everyone until you're the number one winner. The stupid chicken dinner, or whatever they call it in that one, actually. I think it's turkey surprise. Yeah. Turkey supper. Yeah, it's cartoon violence. There's a difference. <laughs> Apparently, if it's cartoons cutting each other's head off, hey, Bugs Bunny, we all saw that when we were kids. Big Chungus. But uh, if a realistic-looking person, oh, no, no, no. Impressionable young minds. What's the next thing? I can't believe I got so angry again. Yeah, that got you awake. <laughs> I was tired before we started this episode. Now I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm glad we got through that. That was a significant part of video game history. Yeah, for all the wrong reasons. It made things worse and set us back in video game development. And, and perhaps even more worse and relevant to today's further topics, it spawned a lot of imitators. Yeah, like the game that we mentioned on the last podcast and other similar FMV games. Like, I wonder if that also, you know, inadvertently, you know, make the FMV genre not too widely popular, even today. Yeah, again, I've mentioned last time, they're still making FMV games. I'm baffled as to why. The only answer is because they're cheap. Yeah, they may actually made one last year, found out recently there is one in 2020. There's one in 2021. It's on the store. I'm not going to say what it is, but I know what it is, and I don't want to play it. I don't want to look at real people when I'm playing video games. There's enough other medium for that. Right. Now, this um, other game that we'll talk about, this came out in 1995. Um, it's less MVP, but more interactive movie. Uh, interactive Which, movie video game. <laughs> it's still FMV. Stop trying to dance around it. Yeah. It's like when someone it's like when someone calls a comic book a graphic novel. Motherfucker, it's a comic book. Just own it. It's fine. Yeah, much like there is such thing as a novel, but there is a illustrated novel. Is that a, any difference from a comic? That might be different because typically the illustrations aren't on the paper. I mean, aren't on the picture. In a comic book, the words are on the picture. And so I have some old illustrated classics of, like, H.G. Uh, Wells and shit. And those have pictures opposite the text. 
So that might be actually different. Ah. But that's not what graphic novels are. Graphic novels are comic books. Yeah, it's almost like we might as well do a podcast on literature if we were that bored, if we ran out of anything to talk about. I wouldn't be object. I wouldn't object to that at all. I've long said we need to expand our horizons. But the fucking game you wanted to talk about, because you never actually said the name, is... It's called uh, Psychic Detective. Ugh. And... So you, <laughs> you've watched a lot of detective shows over the years. Okay. I don't know the history about this game like I do Night Trap. But I have seen a full playthrough. I have seen several full playthroughs. I saw one on a guy's channel on YouTube who we're not going to name because he's still active. Uh, and Retsu Prey, which I'm allowed to talk about because it's defunct. But years ago, they did a, uh, a watch through of this dumbass game. So the premise is actually pretty interesting. But the execution, again, piss poor. Uh, you're the guy, what's, I think, I, from just memory here. Eric Fox, the psychic detective. Yes. But he doesn't actually do any detecting. He's just psychic. Yeah. So he's like doing some dumb magic show and he's like, oh, you're holding up a wallet or it's a picture of your grandmother or your wife gave you that watch or that stupid mentalist shit, which isn't psychic, but whatever. And then a psychic lady comes up to him and says, hey, I need you to come be a psychic detective at this stupid party that my family's having. Like most of the family is also psychic. The interface for the game is actually the most interesting part of the game because they film a scene in FMV with real actors doing a scene. And you're at the POV of Eric. Mm -hmm. uh, during the gameplay, you can actually switch between the POV of the other people at the party. Uh, you can do this throughout the game, uh, I think all the way through the end. Just jumping back and forth between different uh, perspectives. So they film the scene over again, but this time the cameraman is playing another character. You know, it's the girl, I'm not going to remember anybody else's name. It's a girl, or it's the creepy old aunt, or it's the weaselly looking dude. So they have to film the scene like six or seven times to get the perspective of all the different people doing the same blocking, doing the same lines. So that's an interesting concept, to be fair. But in order to fit all those videos onto the CD, they compress them to hell. So your interface, when you actually see the game, is fucking minuscule. It takes up maybe a third of the entire screen, and the other two-third is this terrible layout. It's going to be one of the ugliest layouts of an FMV game I've ever seen this like psychedelic shit yellow and purple colors and it takes up so much of the background and you click back and forth and every time you click instead of just immediately hopping it has to load right because it's off a cd so it does this incredibly stupid transition of whoa 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 and sometimes people are screaming at you because you're psychic brain waves there's a lot of psychic brain waves screaming in this game and cats meowing that's just awful. There's people moaning and people yelling and people laughing. And every every single time you switch between them, they go, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, cacophony of nonsense because they have to load from the CD. Um, and there's something like, I don't think there's 50 different endings. It's, 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 there's a large, absurd number. Uh, so you said that it just had a lot of content there. So no wonder why it has three discs. Yeah. But again, they, they filmed a ton of footage. They just had to shrink it down. And by the way, now that we're, because I'm sure all these people are long dead, uh, everyone in this game is fucking hideous. Um, I don't think they're all, like, middle European, but you see a lot of up-close of a lot of people's faces, and they're all ugly. And your main character, Eric, is, he's one of those guys who thinks he's really funny, but really isn't. Oh, he's, he uh, was working at a comedy club, a magic comedy club, whatever. 
yeah, magic comedy where they tell jokes that they hypnotize you into thinking are funny. And, and then you fight like a you have like a psychic fight and you have to play like shitty psychic chess against this bald dude. Yeah, that kind of threw me off. Brain control people like and like again the concept really cool execution story acting uh, interface all bad. I'm trying to like okay now is there a better concept because I give you a better concept for Night Trapped with uh, Deception. Is there a better concept for a psychic detective? Probably, but not in the way of jumping back and forth between. Multiple protagonists work when it's a limited number of protagonists. If you have like two or three, but you can't have ten. You can't jump between 20 people and expect to have a coherent story. Because you might miss something. Yeah, which is the reason it has so many different endings. Because you might not jump into the skateboarding kid. You might jump into the cop or the homeless guy instead. So you're going to miss a ton of content. And it's like, well, sorry you guys filmed all this shit that I'm never going to see. Yeah, that requires a special amount of attention. Have you actually played either of these two games we've mentioned? Uh, not Nitro, but I did play some of uh, Psychic Detective. Um, just only doing it just out of memory because that one's a bit hazy. Um, because, yeah. again, a lot of things happening. It's incredibly hard to follow. Even if you want... I, I've seen, again, I've seen several full playthroughs. I still haven't seen all the content in it because <laughs> I filmed a ton. And it's still incredibly hard to follow what the fuck is going on ever with these stupid little collecting jars that store psychic energy. It's like, what the fuck does any of this have to do with anything? It's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, that's almost like if you if it was adopted for, I don't know, like a television movie, that means that's just one part of the story. Not You can't get all of them. No, they filmed, too, they filmed in fact, too much. They were like, oh, we're going to have so many branching paths. Well, guess what? Nobody saw most of them because you filmed too many. And again, it's horrible compression, so everything looks like they're yarn ghost. And not to mention, you know, the whole story and the plot is a bit out there. There have been stupider things. I'm not ag again, I'm not against the concept, but the execution is so bad. I think maybe that medium game that came out uh, from Bloober Team might be the closest equivalent because you play some sort of psychic and you're trying to solve a mystery, but it's supposed to be a horror game. I, I haven't played. Yeah, this one is less horror, more... What the frick? Yeah, I don't understand what the point of it was. Yeah, because... Like, it... Night Trap maybe had some exploitation. Psychic Detective is like, we had a weekend. We had a weekend and a bunch of ugly people who thought they were going to make it big. Yeah, they're part of some sort of conspiracy involving some sort of religious cult or whatever. It's, it's unfollowable because they just... <laughs> It's one of my favorite stolen phrases that I'm not giving credit for. They threw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and then wrote about the spaghetti that fell on the floor. Huh. That's uh, quite a phrase. <laughs> What's next? Again, it's just a bit dumbfounded. Um, even just this, even you describing me that game again, just Ooh. yeah, it's nonsense. No, it's it's. It's hideous nonsense as opposed to dull nonsense, which is better. In what way? Well, there's something to talk about. I don't have anything but disdain for Night Trap, but for Psychic Detective, I'd be like, you know what? I like the concept. I just hate everything else. Yeah. It's almost like it's a pretty ambitious concept um, and takes a lot of filming and a lot of people involved. Yeah. So at least they put money it, into that one. It's not worth the effort, though. Like, the payoff... 
it just isn't. You know, the most branching narrative video game I can think of, you know, your Telltale games, even those have are so limited in scope because you can only have so many decisions um, because not every player is going to see every one of them. And if they don't, then why bother? Uh, I just thought of a good equivalent. This isn't quite the same thing. A lot of David Cage games get a lot of shit for the overacting kind of weird nonsense, even though I like most of them. I never heard of him. Uh, he did the Heavy Rain. You know oh, that one? Oh, yeah. Yes. Heavy Rain is a good example of this. Because you have, in fact, four protagonists in that game. And they do interact with each other in various ways, and you can make decisions and sort of things that branch off the narrative. And it is possible to have uh, all four live to the end of the game, or only three, or only two, or no one, or everyone dies, and that's the end of the game. Um, I actually really like Heavy Rain, all things considered, even though it's it's dumb as fuck. But it's an enjoyable dumb as fuck. Um, and, uh... The problem is, when, when that game came out, David Cage, the, the designer himself, said, you should only play this game once, and the ending you get, that's your story. It's a stupid thing to say because it's like, why would you not want everyone to experience everything the game has? And that one, again, does have several endings. He did another one with uh, Beyond Two Souls, which I never finished, with formerly Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe, which you play a psychic girl. And it also has the branching narrative, but not as branching as Heavy Rain. And then the robot one that I never played was allegedly pretty good, uh, Detroit Become Human where you play as several various robots and they're all trying to learn what it is, what it means to love or whatever. I never actually played it. Presumably that also is branching nerd. So again, uh, it's what, not what you continue. It's not bad to have multiple protagonists or branching narratives. It's just not a good idea to do that in the early nineties with an FMV game. It's almost like it's slightly ahead of its time. With the concept. If they if they redid it, I think they could and give a tighter focus and not have it be FMV, it might be a pretty interesting game. And uh, are there any TV shows or movies that had a similar concept? Because for some I'm reason sure, but I... for some reason the only one I can think of, even though that's a completely different genre, is uh, that TV show Psych. Well, no, because he was a fake psychic. That was the point. He was pretending to be some for the eight seasons or whatever that show ran. And that was pure comedy all the way through. Although in the same... I've seen all of them. Uh, although in the several scenes when they try to be dramatic, it fell flat because it's like, this is a comedy show. Stop trying to make me sad. I don't give a shit about you idiots. Go make funny. Next. So, again, continuing this theme into psychology or whatever. Not psycho, but psychology. Anyways, it's this other game that I played just last night. Played all four hours of it. This is just for in preparation of, you know, for, yep. for this show. So that I can have a fresher mindset. And that's this um, psychological thriller um, interactive movie game called Tender Loving Care. TLC. You ever heard of that one? Okay. Yes, this one I have seen from that, that same YouTuber who I first saw, The Psychic Detective. In fact, who we're not going to mention. Um, this is not a video game at all. Oh, this no. Is, this is far more is, of a interactive movie. No, 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 no. No, 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 This is a movie that they filmed and then said, no one wants to distribute this. We're going to put it out as an intera interactive movie, which means every so often it pauses to let you pick A or B. It's similar to like early visual novels in which there were no actual choices. It just rolled the story around and you get... 
you were given a lot of false choices. TLC has a lot of false choices. And it's so... This one, again, back to disdain. Because it tries... This is all memory, alright? So correct me if you care. There's this guy, and he's either cheating on his wife or wants to cheat on his wife, and maybe he's getting a divorce. And every so often, there's like a therapist, and John Hurt shows up to be like, well, what did you think about that? Would you have done the same thing? Like, he's fucking Rod Serling. What is this? Yeah, again, uh, John Hurt. Um, he's a very famous actor of his time. Um, so where have you seen him in? Like 10 movies. What year was this? Of uh, this game? Yes. Originally released in 1998 on DVD and Windows, but it was re-released on iOS on 2012. And it's and I why? and I got this on Steam. God. Again, this is this is not really a video game because, as I've perpetuated before, like what makes a video game is the the possibility of failure. And in this game, failure just like well, that's just one of the ways it went. It's like, no, fuck you, John Hurt. Again, it's like, yeah, you've seen him a couple of movies. You know where I first saw him in, of all things, as far as uh, movies no. concerned? Um, no. He was in the 1984 version of 1984. He was Winston. Okay. When the hell did you see that? Um, internet somewhere. Even I've never seen the movie. Um, but there is a 1950-something adaptation of 1984, which is readily available on YouTube. I've seen that one as well. Which is probably the most accurate thing you're going to see, because that's when the book was written. Yeah. It came out, well, I guess around that year by, you know, George Orwell. Yes. Quite an interesting person, in, as far as his personal life's concerned. Uh, again, if we have that literature spinoff podcast, we'll go right into that. Yeah, um, and again, uh, the tender loving care. Um, this was yes. directed by David Wheeler, who co-wrote *Trilobites: The Eleventh Hour*, that interactive movie puzzle venture game with a horror setting, way back from. This just screams of someone who's a frustrated director, right? Because he's just like, I want to make movies, but no one wants to distribute my movies. Like, I can't get, you know, who would have been around back then, New Line Cinema to do <laughs> to distribute my film so it's like if i just repackage it as a movie which means every so often it pauses so you can pick a or b so we just film different scenes it wasn't like the previous games we've mentioned that were intended to be video games this was this is a movie and sometimes it pauses this does not count as a game oh yeah that's yeah, like that in middle of a movie like they would just stop right here and and tells you you know gives you questions Lots of lots of questions. Yes, but they don't have any bearing on the thing that's going to happen. That's my point. It's like, oh, would you have, you know, gone to the fucking store to gotten milk? Who gives a shit? What does that have to do with the story you're telling me? Tell me a story. Don't ask me questions about, ooh, yeah, or shit. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you, um, when I was playing that game last night, um, and of all we these questions, you were watching that four-hour movie. I had a few bathroom breaks in between before we continue on. Um, and uh, and those questions they gave me, I just answered them with full honesty of me. Just my real life self. Not the ideal my, myself. Just That's fine. That's fine. But it had... And I studied it through a philosophical point of view because I'm more open-minded. And plus, like the two other games that we mentioned before, it also has multiple endings and alternate scenes. 
That can be terrific. Important. I hope you didn't spend more than a dollar on this, genuinely. Um, I don't know how much it costs, Steam, but I know it's less than ten, I assume. Um, oh, it, it should be less than ten cents. So, uh, and what does this thing to you? Um, like, every time when they pause that movie, they make you take a thematic appreciation test, or TAT. You know what that is? Something they made up for that movie. Actually, that idea's been around since the 30s. It's, uh, it's supposed to, you know, give them narratives that they make up about ambiguous pictures of people reveal their underlying motives, concerns, and the way they see the social world. Oh, okay, so it's like this person's sitting down. What do you think this person is thinking? I don't know, boredom like me taking this dumb test in the middle of this movie? Yeah, sounds like you just wouldn't think too much on those images that they would just give you. It's like this. Although I have a, among the many things I hate... Uh, pretentiosity, I think I came up with this word before. Pretentiosity is a big one. And those, the previous two games are not pretentious in any way. They're not serious at all. But this bullshit is so pretentious it's a, it offends me. Oh, it's... It, it, thinks, it thinks it's art. It's like, oh, isn't this art? And, it, and it's art that punches you in the face with how artfully it is. It's like, oh, this really makes you think about how Jim would really cheat on his wife because she was not putting out because she's a frigid bitch. But is she really a frigid bitch or is she just dealing with her own complex set of emotions? Like, God damn, I don't care. Yeah. I just want to shoot some shit. Yeah. Put in doom. Fuck this. Well, that's because the couple was traumatized because of the death of the daughter car accident. That's what, okay, that's, that's real fucking sad. Why is this a video game? This isn't a video game. This is a lifetime movie. Yeah, that's what I was about to tell you next. <laughs> that that it's like, you know, it reminds me of one of those lifetime movies you would watch, and I thought you may or may like it or something. Okay, hold on, motherfucker. Hold on. I have never watched a full lifetime movie in, like, not never, like 20 years. I watch Hallmark movies. Thank you very oh. much. Right. And it only on the Movies and Mysteries what is it? Yeah, Movies and Mysteries channel because lots of those have murders even though there's no violence. There's just a shit ton of murder on that channel. People getting killed left and right and it's like, wow, how's this professional crossword pu crossword puzzle writer going to solve this murder? Eh, you know, at least they're not pausing every ten minutes to ask me how I feel. I feel like I'm yelling too much uh, and I'm getting upset and angry and, uh, you know I'm not, like, angry at you. So, yeah. I, I want to make sure the listener understands. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at these dumbass games. Yeah, it sounds like if you were to take that um, thematic perception test yourself to profile your psyche, I'm sure you have a much different result than I do. I think I would intentionally fuck it up because I, I despise tests that try to test me. Uh, you don't like to be tested by those... I don't like people knowing how I think, but I also don't want to know what other people think. So you'd rather be... I don't want people to police my thoughts, and I don't want to police anyone else's thoughts either. So you'd rather be closed-minded on certain things. I'd rather... That's not a very narrow way of saying it. I'd rather allow myself to think whatever I want to think and not have someone else tell me what to think. I'm also not going to tell anyone else what to think. I think these dumbass games we've been talking about are horrible. But if you had fun with them, what am I going to say about that? That's your business. If you like them, great. If you want to put them on your YouTube channel, I'll promote it all day long. Great. I just want nothing to do with them. That's just me. I'm not saying no one should ever do it. I'm just saying they're trash fire garbage.
Yeah, there's um, there's certain different levels of judgmental. I guess, as long as it's even, you know, even and fair. My judgment is even and fair. I don't care. If you do, great. Yeah, you just treat them how they, how they treat you, and you treat them how whatever. That's how I do it. But anyways, um, again, we mentioned a bit of that plot about this um, couple that was traumatized because of the death of the daughter in a car accident, and they had to get a nurse to try to, you know, get them back to normal life, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with uh, uh, Michael Overton's wife, um, Allison, for psychological hearing. But even though the nurse that they brought in uses some unorthodox methods, and that causes, you know, tensions to, you know, arise. Which, it kind of makes you wonder, whose side are you on? <laughs> Although mostly for, you know, Michael Overton here. Uh, neither. But again, I just, like, again, throughout and the different paths I took just based on, you know, how I function, you know, me as an everyday person, and what I think of such things, and and all that and more. And again, there's just far too many details that's just too weird for me to describe that would just take up a whole podcast. Great, so summarize it quickly. Um, so it, it's almost like that nurse is a bit of a, a temptress, or whatever. I mean, I knew she had a bit of an... Yes, it's a Lifetime movie. Yes, we've established. Yeah, and it has multiple endings from all the paths that, that led me to this. The one I got to what happened is like... I'm sure most people got the one where, you know, Michael just become so inferior that it just got the sledgehammer and hit him back in the head. Yeah, very great thing. And John Hurt is like, well, how did that make you feel? Uh. Great, yeah. thanks so much. But I didn't get that. What I got was, well, it's just him. Uh, it's like, hey, stop it. You know, I know what you're trying to do. Just stop it right now. But uh, he says, no, uh, Allison must tell the truth right now. you got to accept the fact that your daughter is gone. She's not coming back, that sort of thing. Um, while he remained um, helpless. Uh, and, and, and she's got this doll that's supposed to be a almost a living example of their dead daughter. And uh, it's just going to be going away. And I was like, no, no, give it to me. So they fought over until um, Catherine the nurse fell over the stairs. Um, but she didn't die. She just came mentally capable. Because you know how you know, we get hard in the hit in the head, right? Um, uh-huh. so, so what happened afterwards is that both Michael and Allison, um, they're kind of almost reconciled in a way. And they're happy that it feels like like. Okay, we got our daughter back, but Catherine became Jody's replacement. So, so she can't. Re- she's incapable, but you could barely see. You know, her eyes move, but she can't really speak. It's one of those "I have no mouth, I must scream" type of endings. This is some of the stupidest shit you've ever said on this show, and that encompasses a wide variety. Fucked up, man. Yes, but purposefully fucked up. I can't stand this. I cannot stand a game that thumbs its nose at you, turns its nose up, whatever. Sticks its fingers in your nose. It does something to your nose, is my point. It's just so full of hot air and nothing. I mean, how would Robert's Dizzy feel if he, they were to try to play these games themselves, and how would they... They wouldn't. They would not. Both of those dudes, I know them very well over this last decade. Neither of them would play more than five minutes of this thing before deleting it. 
There's absolutely no way they have the patience to sit through this horse shit. Oh, I was about to say, I guess they're... They don't have the mindset nor the, uh... Ninth mana, you always say this. You always say this to me in real life. You, know, you don't have the right mindset. Mindset has nothing to do with fun. I, literally yesterday, I had a discussion with Stizzy about certain games, and the reason I don't play certain games is because I don't find them fun. A video game, for me, number fucking one, has to be fun to play. It has to be a distraction to take my mind off whatever is going on in the real world. I want nothing of the real world, which is why I hate FMV games so much. It, it's because it's just people. It's too much of the real want, world. I don't want any real world stuff in my video game at all. I want it to be the fakest fake shit that ever faked. Because then it's different and fun and interesting. I, at any time, take for hyperbole example, I, at any time, can go get married and then cheat on my wife and then have a kid with someone else and then run over a guy in his car and then talk to my psychiatrist John Hurt in a wheelchair fucking whatever. But none of that is interesting or fun. That's not why I play video games. I don't play video games. The good story part is the bonus. It is an extra. If we're lucky, we get a good story three, four times a year in video games. But fun games should happen all the time, and it should be the number one focus for a video game. A video game that is not designed to be fun should not be designed. Sounds like you wouldn't go to therapy, would you? I would not. Yes, editing all of this. So what's the next game? I hope it's fun. <laughs> well, this one we're going to have a departure from the FAV interactive movie genre. Thank God. But um, it's just a... I mean, it's, it's, it's another game genre that I'm still playing to this day, but it's for a different reason. It, because you know how when you play, you know, your favorite genre, but then you, for some reason, you decide to go back to an older game because the community keeps it alive with their own interesting you know ways to enhance it well i know what you're gonna say the immersion but what you're i know what you're gonna talk about but no but but that's only because i don't play pc games so i don't do a lot of mods but i have this week been playing a lot of xbox 360 games on my series x over here for no real reason but just because i wanted to so you don't need a reason to do these things not because some dedicated community that wants to keep it interesting by creating their own set of mods. Again, that's really a PC thing. You can't really do mods, you know, outside of two Bethesda games on consoles. Beat me to it. Um. Anyways, um, you know, the the last time that I've talked about a Paradox Interactive game of any kind was Crusader Kings 3, right? Uh, so recently I've gone back to playing Crusader Kings 2. Um, and you know what's the reason for? One of I assume, as, I assume, as your lead-in said, a lot of mods. Yes, um, I mean, I have used mods before, but there were two or three of them that really stood out to me. Um, one in particular is is called the Historical Immersion Project, or HIP, as it's popularly known. So, the HIP, which, which, by the way, I'm, there's a couple of ongoing video series that I'm doing where there's about two or three, and. Possibly more in the future because because there was another mod that I also added which complements it just to Well make the game slightly more realistic as far as the ways is slightly more difficult Yes, a, a bit more difficult to it if you know what the hell you're doing depending on you know character skills and whatnot And the other is the Dark Ages mod version whatever but first the historical immersion project of what that is is 
It's a collection of mods which are designed to be able to work together with any combination. And as the name suggests, all its modules share a common focus upon historical immersion while also aiming to provide improved balance and new mechanics and flavor. And so these modules include Extended Mechanics and Flavor, or EMF, uh, which is just, it's the core overhaul mod, which added a bunch of major changes to it, such as improved crown laws, dynamic levies, smart tactics system, which is, you know, complete tactics overhaul for more realistic combat tactics, whether if it's cultural command differences, because it depends on if you're either Greek or Italian or Arab or even Indian or whatever, they have their own different cultural commands. Like they got their own tactics that they know their stuff. As well as it depends on the terrain and uh, and whatever. Even they added the weather system in certain provinces. It depends on, you know, the time of the season. Which it can either benefit or mess of it for three months. Even though it's just temporary. It's not game breaking. So it's, it depends on where you live. It's like, it's like you're experiencing a drought and, or a heavy rainstorm. And if it's you live in a wintry country, well then... It's Sim City all of a sudden? Uh, yeah, just just only temporary for three months. And it, again, not game-breaking or really messy. It's just just a small penalty. Very small. Um, and unless you live in a coast, then there's coastal flying. Or live in a major river like the Danube, the Nile, or the Ganges, then... Um, then there's river flooding. But what can you do about it? Like, let's just say there's a typhoon. Just example sakes. Let's just say there's a typhoon. What are you gonna do about it? Nothing. Because if 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 no, yeah, that's my point. If your enemy is building up an army in the game, okay, well you're you're gonna either make friends with him or build up your own army. If there's a hurricane, what the fuck are you gonna do? Well, yes, one of the penalties of bad weather is reduced levy size for three months, because well they're not here. And thus making your... But it's not the whole country, it's just few provinces within a kingdom or an empire or whatnot. So some are better than others. Yeah. And also another feature that they have is um, automatic empire disintegration, which if they fail to meet certain size requirements, forcing rulers to set empires back to king tier titles, let's say that you have an empire title, but it's not empire size, so to speak. Like the size of a kingdom or a duchy, right? A small country, so it disintegrates over time as well. Uh, although there's more of these modules include somewhat more historic, which I'm only using it for one series, but the rest of the newer series I'm done, I have that turned off. But for this one in particular, it's for a comprehensive map overhaul, which let's just say certain counties and provinces are just realistic looking as far as what is what and as well as the coast the beaches even um, that looks realistic how does this affect the gameplay in any noticeable way well they did remove central africa and india but that's for comprehension um com uh, what's that word you said earlier when we were talking about psychedelic detective with the amount of content they put what's that word you uh com compression. compression yes it's to yes it's to reduce that because ever since they added India many years ago in Crusader Kings 2, some of the, you know, the computers at that time were having a bit of a problem. I was going to say, I imagine the more you expand this map, the more memory it takes. Therefore, the slower the program runs. Yes, and, and that's what this is for. But 
since I use a much more modern computer, I don't have that problem. As opposed to the one you used to play Crusader Kings 2 on. And a lot of things that they added, including this one, even though it later dropped out in 2015, but it's now a separate mod that I use them in all of my current series now, which is called Viet. Not like Vietnam. Even though the developer who made this is from Vietnam. But it stands for Vanilla Immersion Events and Tales, which is a mod that offers a ton of new flavor events that provide variety and the occasional supplies to the gameplay. Um, let's just say they have about 350 plus new events of almost a mundane or everyday life of what happens to your character or the promise or it's what. Like, yeah, you, st you stubbed your toe game one renown. Uh, yes. To go back for go back for a hot second. So the tales doesn't need to be there. He totally put Viet because it again backronym. He came up with the word Viet and then said, "Oh, I need something to stand for this," because you can drop the T and it would still make sense. Uh huh. And and only very few of them had chain events, including this one, which again I don't have a full description of it, but I could tell you some of the summary of it because I was doing it for this one of the ongoing series that'll be posted in future where this guy who became uh, obsessed with cinnamon um you, you, do you ever put cinnamon on your food <laughs> not as a separate thing but if it comes with it i'm not objecting to it uh, but you never became addicted to it it's not a thing you become addicted to it's a spice yeah yeah that guy did um which again it's set in india where i'm doing that playthrough so cinnamon is native over there so he puts it on everything, including his favorite, cinnamon toasted sticky buns. Um, and he made a whole feast of them, which all the vassals were kind of like, oh, what's the matter with this guy? Uh, even those wise scholars says, hey, don't have them too early in the morning, otherwise he's going to... And then he did. And then he's realized his consequences. And uh, again, the payoff of this is he, it was a 50% chance he would get the gluttonous trait. And then he did. Well, duh, you're eating a shitload of sugar all the time. Although later he would lose the gluttonous traits due to the um, influence of his father who originally abdicated to be a Hindu monk. And then we brought him back here. And then he uses one of his abilities from his monastic society, the Avaita Mata, where he gave spiritual guidance to the character, tells him to lose gluttony. <laughs> so it's just basically saying, hey, what, what you are doing is a sinful lifestyle. I need you to drop it. And he's like, yes, father, you know. So, again, I must ask, what did this have to, what influence does this have on the gameplay? Um, this silly cinnamon nonsense. You lose respect? Uh, yeah, it all depends on which, again, just many generic mundane events. We have a few provincial events, including, well, then again, we've said a lot of silly shit on this podcast as of late, but um, I got this one little province modifier where it says good whores where there's a little bit of tax income and all that um it, in fact there's two modifiers in one province one is it's a you know it's a pilgrimage site where all these guys want to come over here and do business here and increase piety but in this same province there's also good whores so now there's these women you know could provide for these people who are coming into you know the pilgrimage does this mod really need to be called, this thing, event, excuse me, really need to be called Good Whores? We couldn't think of a better word for that. Oh, that's what it says. And and I even noticed later on in any of those playthroughs that I've done that I've realized some of these are reference to Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. 
heck, they even added, well, it's, it's, they spelled it backwards, but I re instantly recognize it. Um, so they added the Kuima the Liar. That's Mike the Liar. No, I didn't even try. They should get lot. They should get sued from Bethesda. What for spelling backwards? For, the first for stealing intellectual property. I assume this guy comes and tells you nonsense lies. Well, they're memes. Well, I know that, but in game. So yeah, they just wanted to add more uh, flavor to. It's like yes, we got realistic, more political stuff to do, but at the same time, we wanted to add a bit of variety. Which again, you can adjust the settings of these. Um, advanced of how mod. stupid it is. I mean, I often leave it at balance, so you get a good balance of serious and funny events. But you can right. either make it more serious or make it so funny that it's near game breaking. I was gonna say it's kind of against the grain of what Crusader Kings is all about, anyways. Like every so often, you'll get an insane ruler who's like, "The horse is a senator, and we worship the moon." But you know, not nothing ridiculous like cinnamon toast crunch or whatever the hell you said. <laughs> Oh, by the way, that insane thing you mentioned, it is a trait that's featured in this other overhaul mod that I later added to it too. Again, the combination of HIP and this one called Dark Ages. Currently, as of this recording, it's Dark Ages version 1.2.43. It was originally 0.41 when I discovered it. Um, so it was updated a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so this particular overhaul mod is... Um, adds even more immersion and roleplay, adding close to 800 events, and the number is ever-growing. Huh. And it's compatible with every other mod out there. And the guy who developed this is making his own version of the Dark Ages into Crusader Kings 3, so I'm sure we'll see that in the future, and maybe I'll use that as well whenever I wish to return to that game, which will likely be late this year. Presumably it doesn't have a shitload of comedy. Uh, oh no, this one's... Again, they added stuff about the stability system, such as the promise stability, where if it's negative or positive, that has its own bonuses and penalties. And you can adjust it by applying a crowd focus or appointing a province overseer, because you can't watch over all the provinces yourself. you got to have an overseer for that. Especially if you are a guy who controls a very large amount of domain, like a lot of counties for you to control. At the point of vassalage. Yeah, somebody's got to watch over them, and if it's, and if that land is too unstable and it's caused by a vassal, well, that's their problem. <laughs> well, you're the overlord. You're supposed to deal with your minions. Yes, and if and if a peasant revolt breaks out, well, we know whose fault it is, not you. Well. And uh, and just to add more realism to it, like you remember how when children are born that they would get inheritable traits it's like oh he's born strong or born attractive yes this baby this baby is born a genius yeah that silliness well just for out of realism they this in this mod they have delayed genetic traits which they will be revealed at a later time in their childhood at a certain age you know like real human beings so yeah like if you want to know if your child is strong well you gotta wait till he's about 8 or 12 <laughs> when they start working out instead of being a strong baby yeah, but there is one exception, though, and that is there is a possibility that they, you could find out what trait did they got much earlier in their age. Like like that one time that I got a daughter who's a dwarf, and the guy is like, oh my goodness, what is this, a monster? That's what they thought of That's back a bit then. Much. Or even detectable on birth, such as hair lip. Haven't got that yet. 
it's very strange that a lot of this is all mods like I'm surprised so much of it isn't in base game. They just didn't think of it back then. To be fair, yeah. When did Crusader Kings 2 come out? 2013? 2012. Sure. And now you're in 2021? I just barely discovered them. And I'm like, holy crap, how come I not, didn't use that years ago? This would have enhanced those past series that I've done. And then yes. and that's the reason why I came back to here. Um, and... All the other features of the Dark Ages, including mercenary companies, which is you can ask the captains to, you know, give you some money that they've earned because you're the one that created it for them. As well as um, having a, a smuggler's ring for additional income. It works especially if you live in a low-income country. Or a poor it doesn't seem like a lot of the things the king of the land would be doing, but whatever. And it also, if you live by a major river, um, like the Nile or the Ganges I mentioned before, or a coast of any kind, depending on certain traits, you can uh, become a pirate. And you, and you become a pirate lord, I should say. Um, where you manage that fleets that they'll go raid or Sunday to increase treasure, another source of income. Again, you're no longer playing Crusader Kings. You are now playing that, that Port Royal game. If you're a merchant republic, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. At some point, you stop being a leader and start being a soldier. Yeah. Uh -huh. And also, there's more to this. Let's just say intrigue now really plays a role due to this mod. One of the skills, intrigue, um, where um, you can frame other characters just to make the person less popular than they were previously. Which, of course, any kind of action you do, it all depends on your skills and certain traits of what gives a positive income or negative income it's just more dice rolling um, mm -hmm. and now you can also murder characters which is different from plot to assassinate we're talking about you the character murder the guy personally which it all depends on your skills of course and if you do more of that you may pick up the assassin trait separate from the assassin society that's available for Shia Muslims but again for the fourth time, you're supposed to be the ruler of the kingdom. Why are you out assassinating people? So basically, this is almost like a... I mean, a guy, I remember a guy who created the other set of mods that I often use, where he had this in development, but he never did, and that is a criminal society. It's just basically a closest thing to it for addition. Minus the Dave's Guild part. Um, and, and also you can have political debates with your um, counselors, and... Just about anything, whether it's diplomatic, military, management, industry, religion. It's just basically a debate. Win, lose, or draw. Um, if it's a draw, that's a small loss of prestige because that was all for nothing. If you win, this guy owes you a favor. If you lose, now you know owe that guy a favor. Well, at least that's something a ruler would do. That's my friggin' point here. Uh -huh. And you mentioned about insanity. Well, now there's mental instability events. If your character happens to be... A lunatic, possessed, or paranoid, which will be subject to three different pools of events depicting their mental instability. And you will face wild situations that lead to unforeseen and radical consequences. I've seen a guy from Tibet, the emperor of Tibet, in fact, became a lunatic, and he was stressed and also depressed, and then he became clinically insane, so he's incapable to have had a rule by Regency. And even more modifiers pop up due to his insanity, including sexual abuse. I'm like, oh my goodness, this man's evil.
So how did he get to be the ruler? Something must have happened to him in his past experience before becoming a neighbor of one of the more powerful empires off the start of the game. So maybe he just got syphilis and had trauma in the brain. Yeah. Like uh, George II, I think, right? The madness of King George? Yeah, that's what the madness was. It was syphilis. That happens a lot in the game. If you get syphilis, um, then... And if and the treatments they give you, and if you are not cured of it, it does give you the lunatic trait. Yeah, that's that's what it does. Don't don't go around fucking every single thing you see, kids. Or adults. And uh, also to add more realism to the medieval times at that time, unless you're a Buddhist. Um, and that is fewer women generals. Um, where even though everybody's off, especially in the early ages, that the status of women is also then traditional, where they don't hold positions of power. But if but if a female character starts off or is educated with a martial education, you can't have that. That's for rare occurrences, unless the country's status of women is full, so they won't allow it. So let's say if the character, a female character off the start gets the martial education, and he says, hey, you can't have that, so they immediately switch to either diplomacy, stewardship, intrigue, or uh, learning. That's something you could never have in a modern game nowadays, and well, fortunately or not, fortunately, it doesn't really matter. It's just, it's just something you can't do anymore. Uh, and found out when I was playing as a Buddhist the other day, I found out that actually there's no restrictions for a female character. They can be in any position on the council and even take command of armies. Um, Why would a Buddhist character have an army? Um, they still got to have a... I mean, they still got to protect themselves from, you know, raiders or... Cool. So there's a difference between self-defense and an army. Um, heck, even Jan lords defend themselves, but that's what applies to the laymen or non-members of the clergy. Um, and, that's a lot. That's. And, and finally, um, again, other stuff that includes different set of game rules and shipwrecks, which is what happens if you go out on a naval campaign and don't be out for too long, especially in winter. And if and if the fleet gets destroyed, then whoever's army is on board goes with them too. And now the uh, the spouse events, that's also in that Dark Ages mod that adds more important role rather than just be a consort, right? Mm. Unless it depends on the status of women's all. We mentioned about the council positions again, whether you're a Buddhist or not. Um, but now um, some of them will try to have more influence to your life and more than just be a consort. Let's say, like, if she wants to be on a council, even though that goes against the rules, and even though the vassals will be like, oh, you're, you're weak, like weak ruler, like you allow your wife to have more power over you, that sort of thing. Or you may have a serious lack of harmony, which also gives you a penalty of reduction of skills. And by the way, there is a penalty of reduction of such skills. Like, we mentioned the all five skills. If it gets below five, um, then you will have a penalty for appalling like let's say if you have four intrigue or less the penalty is you have much reduce much reduction of arresting somebody or what plot is there so you can't discover them or even try to come up with whatever plot whether it's kidnap assassination all that yeah that's just an example of one of the penalties so you need to be taking care of all the skills so you got to be an all-around guy so that's what the this mod is like they encourage you to be all around everything and if and if you're not good at one, well, you better fix that, otherwise bad stuff's going to happen to you. Again, it seems dead set on making a difficult game even more difficult, which, you know, 
if you find fun in that, hey, great. So that's why HIP Dark Ages and now added with Viet Event Reborn, a flavor event mod. So just add a bit of variety of seriousness and a little bit of fun to it of an everyday life. Uh, do you have anything else? Oh, we mentioned about the ongoing series. Well, there's one I'm currently doing is um, that Prussia series, which is still continuing, but I've been slowed down on it because I'm filming other ongoing series. Yeah, how about you just, like, do one instead of three things at once? Wouldn't that be better? Yeah, I'm trying to. But um, I'm currently committed with this thing, and I'm wrapping up on this one before we'll finally get back into um, this one full-time for the long term. And I could shelve this one that I've been working on and schedule it a couple of months down the line so I don't have to worry about them. So one series I'm doing is Prussia and the other one is um, Sogdia which that one's short term and that one's from a different overhaul mod that's called When the World Stopped Making Sense which is set in the late antiquity early dark ages early middle ages so Basically, after the fall of the Western Roman Empire and prior to the rise of Islam in that time period. Huh. And uh, so that's a separate thing. And, uh, and I mentioned about that Indian series briefly. I'm doing one with the Gupta dynasty, which is of a Bengali culture in northeast India. And also, far down the line somewhere, I'm contemplating doing a series on the Tokarians, a different not quite minority culture, but they're a bit more widespread from a completely different region, and that's in the Xinjiang Autonomous Region in China, as we know it today, northwest China, where the desert is, um, where Tokarians were the original habitants there. They're one of the easternmost Indo-European-speaking people. So, yes, Caucasian people living in China, hard to believe, isn't it? No, because there's lots of them. More than I think. I don't know. I don't freaking do a census of Chinese. Yeah. Um, so Tokarians, uh, mainly Buddhists, live along Silk Road, similar to the Sogdians, except less trade and more of the desert people. It's very poor land. It's just all desert with little of everything going on. So, so that's pretty much all I got for my current projects now that I've mentioned it to you. Yeah, you're juggling like four of them at once, which is kind of absurd. It's all because of um, these overhaul mods that just, for some reason, led me to come back to this game. And I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't fault you. Well, I kind of can't. <laughs> See, because you're recording all of this and separating it all into different videos that you're posting to your channel. Uh -huh. If you were just doing this for funsies, I'd be like, you're playing four things at once. I'd be like, yeah, it's fine, whatever, who cares? Because I play, you know, four games a day. It just seems like a lot of work. As opposed to, you know, the fun aspects of fun games. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, as I said, I'm having a bit of a fun experience with all of these um, ongoing series. Some short-term and one long-term. All right. Well, where, because I don't have anything else, Lord knows. Where and where can people find these things that you just talked about? I had a good transition, but you talked over it, so I forgot it. Well, you can find me at the Lord Master channel. That's L0RD. Eh, that's Lord um, with a zero. And Master is M-A-S-T-A. -A. Did I got it right? 
It's your name, dude. I hope so. You can find me on the internet, at Loki Jarson on Twitter, and anywhere else where you see that name, that's probably me. Um, I, I don't. I genuinely don't have anything else to talk about because I, I burned all my candle in the first uh, half hour yelling about... What an emotional roller coaster. Well, <laughs> I just, I don't think any of those games are fun. You know, if you find, you know, adding Hurricanes to Crusader Kings makes it more fun, great, terrific. Um... Games should be fun. They shouldn't be pretentious. They shouldn't be up their own ass. They shouldn't be trying to teach you a lesson. It should be an enjoyable experience. And you got to have a good balance of seriousness and fun, like we mentioned in the last topic. Yeah. Uh, I hope you found this podcast fun. If I edit it right, maybe you'll find it a little serious, too. Uh, that didn't make any sense. I'm going to cut all that out. <laughs> I hope you found this podcast fun to listen to. Uh, if you did, or even if you didn't. No, that doesn't work either. Damn it. I'm just going to stop right there. There. I hope you found this podcast fun to listen to. Uh, thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>